Today is October the 20th, tomorrow is the full moon day, 21st. Oh, this is the last full day of our period of group practice. Tomorrow is the Pavarana day, the day of invitation, and then after that, Many uh, Sangha members go traveling. I'm due to go to the United States so a week tomorrow. So, events, travels, activities. Different duties around the monastery that have been put aside for the last week have to pick up again. Work meetings, business meetings, different duties, activities. It's all there on the calendar. On the last full day of a retreat like this, I always take this as a good opportunity to directly explore the quality of bhavatana, the desire to become, the becoming energy, habit of mind the way the the mind creates an imagined future and then tries to lean towards it. Excitement about something that we want to do, dread of something that we don't want to do, the challenge of some responsibility that we feel we're going to be out of our depth with, can't really do it, what will people expect? Excitement about projects, long lists of things to do, can't wait to get going. Can't wait for the, till the retreat's over so we can get down to some proper work, do important things. Personalities, relationships. Dread of having to be working together with some person that we find it difficult to get on with. Whatever it might be, whatever the mind creates, this is a good opportunity to notice that. Whether it's excitement, interest, fear, worry, aversion, we're just planning lists and lists of things that I have to do, things that need to be done. This is all informed with that habit of becoming. Not that the calendar needs to be wiped completely blank, but notice that energy within the heart, that sense of leaning into the imagined future with interest, responsibility, anxiety, aversion, whatever it might be, notice that. This is an ideal day to feel that. The Buddha's teaching encourages us to consider that energy 
the assumptions that we, that we make about this life. How in uh, one particular teaching, he pointed out that if you think uh, that your lifespan is 70 years or 50 years, 20 years, a year, six months, you're missing the point. One week, one day, the time it takes to eat a meal. He said, no, you, you don't understand. You're, you're making too many assumptions. Finally, it's a person who responds by saying, we can only reasonably expect to live as long as it takes to go from the beginning to the end of an out-breath or from the beginning to the end of an in-breath. Three or four seconds, if you time it. That's all we can reasonably look forward to. If we have an aneurysm, a blood vessel goes pop in our brain, then there's three or four seconds to get ready for the end. That might be intimidating to the ego, but it's the kind of advice that the Buddha gave out of compassion, encouragement. To see how how much excitement, how much interest, how much anxiety, how much desire and aversion gets created around a future that hasn't happened yet. It's not here yet. Tomorrow is not here. <laughs> Our responsibility is uh, looking after you know, this particular duty with the work or the, the facilities. It's not here yet. Hasn't arrived. If you've only got three or four more seconds to live, what does that say about my list of things to do? All my unfinished projects, the things I've got my, my name on, all the committees I'm a part of. If a blood vessel goes pop in my brain, then I'm not on those committees anymore. So this is the opportunity to look at those assumptions. Me going somewhere, me who's got things to do, places to go. Relationships to work out. Is that so? Is that a solid, permanent, absolute thing? Or is it just a set of perceptions that the mind can take hold of and absorb into? The last day of a formal retreat like this is the ideal opportunity to look at those becoming energies, those habits, to get to know them, explore them. Feel them. And to let them be seen in context. Notice how that even as we walk along, just even doing walking meditation or walking from one place to another, no particular time constraint or urgency, just walking along, how still we can be pressured, got to get to that place, got to get there. Even walking slowly, even though with walking meditation, got to get to the end of the walking path to just turn around and walk back. But still there can be that got to get there quality. When that's noticed and appreciated, then let the, the attitude relax. By noticing, by feeling that tensing, that stressing in the heart, 
Notice that, feel that. The texture of becoming, that bhavatanha. By the conscious appreciation, acknowledgement of that, when that's received with awareness, with wisdom, then the becoming can stop. Doesn't mean that we stop walking or that there aren't still things in the calendar or duties with our name on, but the attitude towards them changes. You can be walking quite vigorously, but still not be me getting somewhere, me who's got to do this thing. It's recognized there are conditions of mind that are changing. Perceptions come and go and change. Even as action is being taken, the body's walking vigorously, but there's nobody going anywhere. There's an ease, a peacefulness to that. When Lumpur Chao was asked about the many duties and responsibilities he had at Wat Bapong, someone was asking him, Lumpur, you've got you know, so many dozens of monks and nuns here and all these branch monasteries that you're responsible for. Yeah, isn't it stressful? Yeah, how do you uh, how do you manage all that burden of duty? Lumpur pointed to a, a large sema stone, an old sema boundary stone, uh, close to the the temple at Wat Bapong, the main monastery. He said, "See that stone?" I said, "Yes." Is it heavy? He said, well, "Yeah, it's huge. It's really heavy. It's a massive stone." And Lumpur said, "Not if you don't try to pick it up." You don't pick it up, it's not heavy. My yoke, my nuck. If you don't, if you don't pick it up, if you don't burden the heart with it, there's no heaviness. I feel this is wonderful advice for us. How we pick up, even the activity of meditation, let alone the activity of looking after the kitchen or the office or being the work monk, work nun, guest nun, guest monk, looking after the grounds, cutting all the grass, trimming the bushes. How do we hold that? Are we on our way to something else? Or are we just with this, washing this plate, trimming this bush? taking notes in this meeting, reading this set of minutes, or planning the, the, the needs, the agenda for what needs to be discussed. Just this. When the heart holds that realm of work and activity with this quality of spaciousness, wisdom, and Things still get done, work gets taken care of, responsibilities get uh, exercised, get carried out, but the heart is not burdened. The, the rock is not picked up and carried around. So as we go about this uh, day, last uh, Last number of hours, the retreat is due to finish uh, early tomorrow morning, after the morning chanting, tomorrow morning. Notice those becoming urges, not just planning what you're going to do next week or 
next month, where you're going to go, what you've got to do, who you have to be with, who you want to be with. Notice that feeling. You don't have to criticize or complain or blame on account of it. Feel it, know it. Acknowledging, receiving the texture of that, whether it's pleasant, painful, or, or neutral. Feel it, know it. And then let that knowing have its effect. Let the quality of awareness have its transformative, integrative effect. When there's a relaxation, a relaxation of attitude, notice how you can still be walking. And there's no stressing, there's no me trying to get somewhere, but the walking is happening. With the meditation, the duties around the monastery, when there is that openness of attitude, the appreciation of the, the timeless present, that stillness within which all perceptions flow, the fundamental stillness of, of awakened awareness, knowing that radical receptivity Notice how that feels. What's the tone of that? The heart free of grasping, free of becoming. In a dialogue with the Venerable Sariputta, he made this very beautiful comment, Bhava nirodho nibbanang. Nibbana, true peace, absolute peace, is the cessation of becoming doesn't mean we stop breathing or stop moving or stop taking responsibility but there's a shift of attitude there's an attunement to the time, the place, the situation free of me going somewhere, me doing something, me trying to get some fixed result the heart being free of that bhavatanha the effect of that is peace Nibbana. Bhava nirodo nibbanang. Nibbana is the cessation of becoming. It was very easy for us to think, oh, if only I didn't have this job to do, if only I finished writing this email, if only I could, once the bell has gone, then I can. <laughs> once this job is finished, then I can. Once I get my own retreat time, then I can. Once I get away from this place, then I can. We place that goodness, that sense of fulfillment, completeness, somewhere else, some other place, some other time. But the Dhamma is akaliko, timeless, sanditiko, apparent here and now. How could that quality of fulfillment, of completeness, be anywhere other than here, now? That quality of of truth, of fulfillment, of reality, of freedom. It's not just over there. It's not after this thing has come to an end. Not after the bell has rung or the Ajahn stops talking. Then I can be peaceful. Then. When this pain has gone away from my leg or this, I've got to, uh, to live in a place where I don't have to deal with that noisy monk in the next room. If only he wasn't there, then. It's this moment. Now is the big moment. 
This is the moment. Not just over there, not just off in the future. No. Then, it's here, it's this, ever-present. The cessation of becoming is a letting go of that false promise of goodness and truth and reality over there, beyond the horizon, opening the heart to this, this present reality. The Dhamma's always here, can't be anywhere else. You are it. Opening the heart to this reality, then freedom, peace, fulfillment is always here. <laughs>